the presence of God is here today. Can you feel it? He's here every week. But you know, sometimes his presence comes because he wants to do some extra work in our lives. And you know, I really believe this morning that he wants to touch our hearts like he does every week. But he wants to do stuff today. Um, And my prayer is that our hearts will be open to receive that. And that, you know, like we've sang, like God loves us so much. And if we can comprehend just the breadth, the width, the height, the depth of his love for us. If we could comprehend the fact that he's laid at our disposal everything that we have need of. That his power is living and residing in us. That same power like I spoke last week. It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead that lives within us. Which means that we don't walk through this life like we did prior to knowing Jesus in our own strength. We have the superpower of the universe living inside of us and he's desperate to break out in our lives. He's desperate to see his power move within our lives and that's what we're going to continue to look at today. So my prayer is that we will be encouraged. How many of you did victory dances last week after after we, we were talking about the power of God, the power of God to do amazing things in our lives. We have the power living in us to accomplish everything that God has placed before us. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who has set us free. We are no longer bound by the way we used to live because we have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords living inside of us so we have a reason to get up in the morning with excitement and purpose because we know that the same God that conquered the grave lives in me. Let's say it, the same God that conquered the grave lives in me. And again, the same power that conquered the grave lives in me. So this This morning, we're going to continue to look at that power. And do you know what? I reviewed what I did last week. I gave us a lot within a short time. 26 scriptures and 15 bullet points. I managed to get out in my message last week, so I may have left you reeling a bit. But this morning, we're going to continue to look at that power of God living in us. And today, I want to just take time to share about how I've seen the power of God that work in my life. Just an ordinary girl, born in Canada. Hey, it sounds a bit like um, this is a da, 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 born and raised on the playgrounds where I spent most of my days, doesn't it? Anyway, a simple girl born in Canada to parents from Britain, ended up living in Canada, back in Britain, back in Canada, back in Britain. So just an ordinary girl, but an ordinary girl that found Jesus from a young age. So I want to share today to encourage you in your walk. I want to share because the Bible says we overcome the devil by the blood of the 
lamb and the word of our testimony. So today I'm going to share with you to encourage you that we have that power living in us to combat and to attack every day. And we can go to every day being confident. Amen. Amen. Well, you may take your seats and worship team. Thank you so, so much. So this morning, I thought I'd start off by sharing some of my earlier recollections, really, of where I now look back and see that it was the power of God working in my life. But if I, if I was to um, say that I recognized the power of God at this point, I honestly don't know whether I would have. But I want to talk about, first of all, the power of God in our proclamation, The power of God to stand and share my love for Jesus and to help me live a life that would be pleasing to him. One of my earliest memories of sharing my faith was when I was in primary school. I don't want to cry today. Oh, sorry. I got a tissue in my pocket. I don't want to cry. I don't want to cry. So it was in primary school. And we, you know when you used to do class assemblies? Yeah, or you have people. So anyway, I think our class was doing an assembly or we were doing some kind of assembly where parents would be invited. And I can remember our teacher saying, and I probably was about, I was between the age of maybe seven and nine. I can't remember what, but I moved back from Canada when I was six, and I moved back over there when I was nine. So I was between those ages. Anyway, our teacher said to us, I want to write you, we want you to write a, um, a story about something special to you. And I know a poem, actually. want to write a poem. And I can remember thinking, I've got to let people know about Jesus. So I can remember writing this poem about my best friend, Jesus, that would be shared. Um, <laughs> that would be shared in front of the school and in front of the, um, in front of the parents. And I don't remember much about um, that poem now, but I do remember the first few lines that I wrote. And it said, I have a special friend that nobody can see. He lives within my heart, deep down inside of me. I don't remember anything else now, but I can remember standing up in front of the class, in front of the school, and in front of the parents to talk about my love for Jesus through my poem. I can remember then tracking through high school, and um, I didn't do any poems then. I weren't asked to do any poems, but I remember the power of God in my life coming out in a different way. And again, like I said at the time, I don't think I would have recognized it as the power of God, but looking back now, I can see that it is the power of God. And it was in relation to standing up um, for, for what his life in me was going to require of my life. 
I can remember, um, you know, as my, uh, my friends, they started going to the pub, they started drinking, they started smoking, they started sleeping around. And I can remember um, they would be, come on, Faye, come on, come with us, come do this. And I was like, I can remember even at the age of 13 having a, a birthday card from my friends trying to get me to lose my virginity. And I, I can remember saying, what are you doing? What are you doing sending me these cards? I don't want I don't want that. I was like I'm going to be a virgin when I get married. And I can remember them laughing at me about it. And it's funny because when we were leaving school in at the end of high school when I was 16, I said to my friends who were really prolific in their relationships, and I said, "So was it worth it?" And they said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Are you glad you did it?" And they were like, what are you on about? I said, well, you really said to me, you got to, you know, you got to be sleeping around, Faye. You got to be sleeping around. I said, is it all that it's cracked up to be? Are you glad that you did that? And I can remember two of my friends looking at me saying, Faye, no. They said, if we could turn the clocks back. We wouldn't have done that. And I can remember when I was with my friends um, and they, you know, as we got a bit older and they were getting more and more involved in stuff, I can remember saying, guys, I can't do this. I, I don't want to smoke. I don't want to drink. I don't want to be sleeping around. And I'm finding it really difficult. I love you guys, but I'm finding it really difficult. And I can remember spending the last few years of high school actually quite on my own as a result of it because I just, I just couldn't go into school anymore and just hang with that crowd. And they weren't the bad crowd. They were actually all of like the straight A students and the top set students. So I wasn't in with a bad crowd in that sense like that, but just doing the wrong things. And I can remember saying, and I, I just can remember thinking, thinking, do you know what? I'll just be on my own because actually I'm not on my own because I've got Jesus. And I literally would spend for that next while just a lot of times on my own wandering during lessons, in between lessons, at lunchtime, just on my own. But I thought, no, Lord, I, I can't do this. I want to be true to you and your word and what your word calls my life to be. I can remember then going into college and um, I decided to do performing arts and um, I can remember where everyone was picking their audition pieces and I, um, I really wanted to sing a worship song, so I did. And we may sing it a little bit later, but I can remember being in the audition in a hall full of um, lecturers and all of the prospective students as well who were um, coming and they were all singing songs from the shows and songs from their favorite artists. And I can remember standing up in the front of everybody and singing, I can feel the power of Jesus all over me. And we may get to hear that after, but I can remember doing that and I can remember thinking do you know what and it wasn't to I, I didn't do it because I wanted to prove a point to anybody but it was just you know what it's just like I just love Jesus so much that in everything that I do, I just want to somehow try and share about my love for Jesus. And I can remember that 
college course was quite an interesting course because um, as any kind of um, course to do with performing and acting, you know, you get everything happening. And there was one guy that was really into the occult in that course. And um, I was, I stood up for Jesus. Like I said, I prayed for somebody like the week before, you know, I, I told you about a guy I prayed for who got his leg healed. I was like, I wasn't like aggressive, like annoying, but I was like passionate. And I was like, if people, I was going to tell people about my love for Jesus. And I can remember walking into the drama studio one day and this guy that professed to be a witch and was really into the occult, he just saw me and he went for me. He literally, and he was a big guy, he was older than me because the course had lots of different age people. He literally got me and he picked me up above his head and he threw me across the drama hall and I went slamming on my back and it wasn't carpeted, it was like a concrete kind of thing. And I got up from that being slammed and do you know what? I was able to get up from that uninjured. God was so good. And I was able to look at him and I said, do you know what? I love you I, I, because Jesus loves you. And I can remember even when I was on that course, um, I can remember going into the second year and being asked to perform a play. And when I read it, through it in the summer holidays, I just knew I couldn't do it. It was kind of all grounded and rooted in Greek mythology, but it was almost like a rip take of, um, of the, the birth of Jesus. It was about two gods that kind of ended up sending. It was just like, it was just all to do with Greek gods, gods anyway. And it was like the rip take of Jesus. Um, and I was like, I can't do this. And I can remember when we went to enroll going into the second year um, and we were chatting because I was a good student. I was a distinction student. I worked hard and I loved doing it. But I can remember saying to my lecturers, I said, oh, do you know what? I said, I'm really looking forward to coming back to do year two. I just can't be involved, though, in this um, year two production that you're doing. And they were like, why is that? And I said, well, because you know about my faith in Jesus. And I said, doing this production is going to go against everything that I believe in. And I said, I just can't do it. And they said, well, Faye, you've got a choice to make. And I said, okay. They said, you either do it or we throw you off the course. And I said, well, do you know what? I would really love to continue doing this course. But if by doing this, by not doing this play, it means that um, you no longer want me to study for the final year, I said, that's okay. I said, I, I'll step away from the course and I won't do the course. And they said, well, leave it with us, Faye. But um, they said, you probably won't be joining us for um, the second year of the course. I said, hey, that's no problem. And honestly, if you were to ask me what I was praying and believing God for, what I wanted to be the answer and the outcome, I honestly don't know because I was just praying. I was like, Lord, I just know I can't do this. And if it's not your will for me to do this, then I, I will just trust that you are going to guide me and direct me in another way. As it turned out, a few days later, I had a phone call from one of the course lecturers to say, Faye, we've decided to let you stay on the course, but we're not going to make it easy for you now. As a result of you not doing this, you're going to have to do this, 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 and it was extra everything. It was just like way beyond anything anyone else was going to have to do. And I was like, that's fine. 
I'll do it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for giving me a, um, an opportunity to, um, to stay on the course. And I can remember graduating from the course, and, um, going, which is amazing, and going to celebrate with some of our friends um, for some lunch afterwards. And I can remember two guys looking at me, and they said, Faye, they said, got to say, before we... Um, before we um, s- knew you, like if somebody had talked about Christianity, we would they, they would be like, a lot of hot air, you know, don't, don't want to see it, don't want to hear people who are Christians, they're hypocrites. But they're like, honestly, Faye, we've seen over the last two years your life and your love for Jesus. And they said, not saying we're ready to make a decision yet, but they said what we can say is that there is a God, and um, which is amazing. They then asked me, because they knew I spoke in tongues, they then asked me whether being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues was another language you could put on your resume. So it was quite funny. So I was like, oh, I don't know what you can do, I suppose. So anyway, so that was college. And then after college, I went into work. And I mentioned a number of months ago about just wanting to be really diligent with my work because I'm not serving man, but actually my work is a representation of who I am before God. And I can remember um, being called into the office and them saying, and I've mentioned this before, and they were like, Faye, can we just interview you? I'm like, yeah, sure, why? And they said, well, we've not really ever met anybody like you because I come from an agency. Um, and so I was filled in with an agency. And they said, we, we've not really met anyone like you really before in terms of your work ethic and the way you get through things. And we would like to recruit more people like you. So we just thought if we could ask you what makes you tick, we can kind of go back to the organization, the agency, to kind of say you need to pick these kind of people. And I said, okay. I said, well, this is the reason why I do what I do. I said, the Bible says, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all to the glory of God. And I said, the thing is, I love Jesus and I'm a Christian. And, and so everything that I approach... I can't give Jesus shabby because he doesn't give shabby with me. So everything I do is a reflection of my love for him. And I just love him so much. And I just want, I want to be so, um, I just want to give the best of myself. So I said, that is the reason why I am the way I am and that I work really hard is just because I want to glorify Jesus. And they were like, oh, okay. But, you know, when I was in work, um, in lunch breaks and stuff, had some amazing opportunities to step out and... um step out and I suppose share Jesus. I know I shared a few months ago about going out with my friend and her car broke down on the road and we couldn't get it to work and we were trying for ages and in the end I said, do you know what Lisa, I'm just going to pray for it. I said, okay. I said, come on, let's lift up the bonnet. I'm just going to pray for it now and I said, in the name of Jesus, start working this car. Literally, the car started working. We were doing a victory dance in the middle of Riska. And I tell you, the next day I got into work, the office knew. 
The office knew that her car got healed. And, I, um, and they knew that I was a Christian anyway because I had shared. And actually, it was really funny because in my lunch breaks, I was a youth leader at the time. And in my lunch breaks, I used to have this bag full of stuff. And there were books and there were folders and there were, new, and they were um, writing pads. And they thought I was studying for a degree on the side. And they like, oh, my gosh, Faye, every way, every lunch break you go and you're studying. What degree did you what degree are you doing? I said, oh, I'm not doing a degree. I said, I'm a youth leader. I said, I'm just studying ready for Friday when I get to share to the youth about Jesus. And they were like, okay, so I go into the office. And honestly, I, can, I can't tell you I, um, how God enabled me to just pray for people. I prayed with one lady um, who had been trying for a baby for years. She tried, she tried everything, IVF, and nothing was working. And she was really disheartened and despondent. And I said, Cindy, I said, I'm going to pray for you now. And I said, I'm going to pray for you. And she said, come on then. And I said, do you want me to do it at home? She said, no, can you pray for me now? I said, okay. And she literally grabbed my hand and put it on her stomach. And right there in the middle of the office, I prayed for her. And then I, um, I wrote down all of these scriptures relating to healing and how children were a blessing from God. And I said, Cindy, just keep on saying these because the Bible says that our words have power. And so I said, you just speak these scriptures. Anyway, long story short, um, two years later, she came to me, and she was pregnant, and um, God was good. So I look back at my earliest recollections from school through to college, and I see the power of God at work, not because I was trying to do anything, but the Bible says that um, he gives us the power to do what pleases him. Philippians 2.13, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Last week, I talked about that. I talked about his power, how he gives us power to proclaim his his gospel and how he gives us power to live a life that's holy. And I say that today to encourage you because no doubt if you were to look back at what you've done and the things that you've said and the way that you've shared the gospel and maybe the way that you've cooked somebody for your neighbor to show them love and kindness and the way that you've reached out to people, maybe you could sit back a bit like what I've done this week and said, do you know what? I wasn't able to do any of that because of me, but actually the power of God has been working in me and it's just got to break out of me and it's just got to make its way to people to change them, to show them that there's a higher power. The power of God is not always about electric shocks and the big and the wow. He does the big and the wow. We know that. And he will continue to do the big and the wow and knock our socks off. But we should never underestimate the day-to-day -day mundane things where he also works through his power. And sometimes we may not see the end result of that. Sometimes we may not see the results of that. But he's working in us to will and to do his good pleasure. He's working in us, breaking out of us so that he can reach people with the love of, he of heaven. So I've seen how the power of God has worked in my life through proclamation, even with Jesus Cares Now. 
Like, literally, when we speak with funders, when we speak with people in um, local government, every time I tell them, every time I tell them the story, every time I say, do you know what? And I got myself in a right mess. And I tell them about getting myself in a mess, about offer, I'm telling people we'd get 500 hampers out. I had no food for it. And Dave said to me, Faye, where are we going to get this food from? And I went, oh, I'm not sure. And then I was like, Jesus, you've got to help me. And I tell local, I tell local government how through a simple prayer of, oh my gosh, God, I have messed up. I need you to come through. How the next day we get a phone call through from a guy saying, are you doing Christmas hampers this month? Yeah, and I said, yeah, we are. And they said, well, we'd like to supply all of the food for your Christmas hampers. And I'd be, I'm, I'd be like, what? I said, yeah, but you don't understand. It's 500 hampers. That's a lot of food. And they said, that's fine. And then they rang back a little bit later and they said, Faye, if we send an articulated lorry full of food, will you be able to get it out this Christmas? And I was like, I just need to check with somebody about that. That's a lot of food. But anyway, spoke. I spoke with people and they were like, yes, accept it. And we did. But even now, through the work of Jesus Cares, able to share about how God is so instrumental in things. And he wants to be instrumental in our lives where we're at. He's placed each one of you in the sphere and realm that you're in, being in school be it in your community, be it on your street, be it in your workplace, be it in your college, to shine a light. And he's not asking us to do anything in our own strength and power, but he says, no, I'm going to give you the power to enable you to do all of those things. The next thing I want to share about where I've seen the power of God work and operate is in the area of provision. And when I say provision, I mean miracles financially and miracles materially, but I'm not just exclusively talking about that today. I've seen Jesus work, the power of God work through my life in the area also of enlarging my capacity. You know, there's been lots of times, um, lots of times where I've been asked to step up or I've been asked to do things, and my immediate reaction is like knee-jerk. I can't do it. My immediate reaction is like, I'm not, I, I can't do this, either because I haven't got the skills to do it, or maybe it's because I feel like I haven't got the time to do it, or maybe it's because I feel I don't have the sp- experience to do it, And if I was honest, I'm thinking, I know somebody that would be even better than me at doing this because I can't do this. There's somebody that would be better for the job. But every time that I've been asked to do something or something has been presented to me, before I speak my answer, I say, let me just think about this and pray about this. But each time I'm like, Lord, if you want me to do this, I just want you to be honest. I just want to be honest with you. I, I, I can't do this on my own here. I haven't got the skills, the experience, or the time. But Lord, 
You are the God that flung the stars into space. You are the one that created the heavens and the earth. So if you want me to do this, Lord, I'm asking you to enlarge my capacity to be able to do this. And I promise you, every time where I've got the green light from the Lord to say, no, you do this, even though I go and do something without the skills in my weakness, but with a yes in my heart, I promise you, every time that I have stepped out and said, Lord, I need your help. Lord, you've got to show me what to do. Lord, help me to manage my time better. Lord, help me to lead people. Lord, I need you to show me how I can learn this and I need to be able to retain it. I promise you, every time I have stepped up and stepped out when I've got that green light, even though I have felt weak, even though like I have felt that I am not the one they shouldn't be, if they should be asking that there are people that would be better to do it. I am the girl that will say, well, God, if your power can do that, then you can do something in me to enlarge my capacity. And he's never left me hanging. He's never left me hanging. Every time I've stepped out and said, God, I'll do this if you're saying I to do it. He's always come through. There's not a time he's ever let me down. I think about a time just as Jesus cares was um, kind of, you know, in its infancy, and I was kind of coordinating it. Had three children under the age of three, and it was a busy time. Dave was in work, and and I was busy kind of ringing people and trying to organize things. I even bought like one of those Bluetooth headsets because I was trying to speak before holding babies with a phone on like this in my ear and it was really difficult. So then I bought a Bluetooth headset so that I was able to talk without this brick to my head. But literally I can remember doing that and that felt like a stretch and that felt like a challenge to me to be juggling these babies and also trying to set up a um, something that would enable and bless our community. And then I get called into the pastor's office and I'm asked, Faye, will you lead the crash? And I can just remember thinking, you have got to be joking me. And the part of the reason for the you have got to be joking me was because in my quiet time with the Lord a few weeks prior, I was talking about how much I loved him. And I was like, Lord, I'd do anything for you. But I actually put a clause in. I said, I'll do anything for you, Lord, but just never ask me to work with children. And like literally, you know when there's times where you wish God was deaf? I know we encourage you and say, the Lord is listening all the time. You'll never get a dial. This is the time I wish he was not listening. But he heard me and he heard me say, Lord, I love you so much. I would do anything for you. Just never get me to work with children. And then three weeks later, he's like, present you an opportunity, Faye, to work with children. I can remember everything in me was like... No, and I just went, do you know what? I'm going to pray about it. I didn't say anything, but I was like, in my quiet time, I was like, Lord, I don't get this. I, feel, I can't do this. And so in my quiet time, I was like, I can't do this because I've got three little kids at home that I'm trying to look after. And two of them were like, well, Sienna and, Summer, um, Sienna and Eden were born 10 months apart. Okay, so there was not a lot of that meant like two babies that were not mobile at all, plus a, a three-year-old. So it was a busy time. Then I'm trying to organize Jesus 
Jesus cares. And then I was like, Lord, you can't be serious. When am I going to get time to run a crash in church and organize all of that? And I felt the Holy Spirit say yes. And I was like, oh, Lord Jesus. And I can remember going to my family and saying, oh, I'm going to take on the crash now. And literally, you see the eyes pop. And like the words of, Faye, you can't do this. You're going to run yourself into the ground. You can't do this. And I was like, do you know what? And I honestly, honestly, I can promise you in these times, I'm literally like, God, don't leave me hanging. Don't leave me hanging here. I had to get the green light, but I was like, Lord, I'll do this, but you've got to show me how to do it. You've got to give me people around me. You've got to show me. And literally, I promise you, I can promise you, as I promised my family that I would be okay, I'm like, listen, it's fine. I'm saying yes. I really believe the Lord is saying for me to say yes. But if it doesn't work out, I'll just have to step back. I can promise you, in saying yes, God enabled me. I don't know. I can literally remember. I told you last week about the computer in the, in the wardrobe. I can remember somehow, and this is a miracle if any of you have had young children and trying to coordinate their sleep times. I can remember there were days when they would all fall asleep at the same time in the afternoon. And it would be like they'd all fall asleep in the afternoon. And I'd be like, ha, 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 yeah, doing a little victory dance. Like, great, I can do something else now. I can rest. I can eat lunch on my own without having, well, I won't, sorry, I was going to tell you then, I never used to let the kids eat sugar. And I can remember after lunch sometimes, I would just sneak off into the kitchen for a bite of chocolate. (laughs) And I remember coming out once from the kitchen and Daniel was at the table still eating his carrot sticks and stuff like that while mum's eating her chocolate in the kitchen. And I can remember he came up to me, went like this. So I went to him and he went, closer so I went closer and he went what's that smelling (laughs) it's like chocolate Daniel (laughs) anyway sidestep sidestep so yeah I've not always been a great role model to my kids um so but yeah I can remember that I would actually the Holy Spirit would be like Faye now you can work on all the crash stuff in that few hours while they're all sleeping and I was like yay I want to do this but do you know what the Lord enabled me to do it and actually what started off as a step of obedience with no feelings of excitement but just like a step of obedience God if you want me to do this I will do this turned out to be a great love of mine and actually I ended up leading the crash for six years until Dave and I kind of took over um, leading the, um, the, the, the church kind of as lead pastors but I say that to say It's amazing what the Lord can do in enlarging capacity. I've seen it happen in my life. I was then surprised when a number of years later, I get a phone call saying that the prime minister wants to award me with an award for my work in Jesus Cares. I stand amazed. I do. I do not know how they ever found out about the work of Jesus Cares. To this day, I don't know how I was nominated to go to number 10 Downing Street. But I can tell you that I'm a Points of Light award winner from David Cameron and got to go to number 10 Downing Street for a celebration where they wanted to honor the work of Jesus Cares within our community. I can only say that there's nothing about my strength
strength. It's enabled me to achieve any of that. But I'm just a girl that was living in Cumbran that felt that if God said green light, that I said, well, I'll go, Lord. And you're going to have to pour in your strength. You're going to have to pour in your power. You're going to have to pour in things. And you're going to have to enlarge my capacity because in and of myself, I haven't got the skills and the ability to do it. And that's what Ephesians 3.20 says. We read it last week. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. If we will say yes to God when we don't feel like we've got anything to give, when we will say yes and say, Lord, enlarge my capacity, even though I feel weak and even though I feel there's other people better placed, all I can say is watch what God will do. Watch what he will do. And not only will you feel the benefit in your life, but you will see the lives of others around you changed and transformed as well. So his provision to enlarge our capacity, but he also, Dave and I have seen it for ourselves, his financial provision in our lives. One thing that we have always determined in our hearts, in the good times and the bad times, in the lean times and in the times of abundance, is that we will be faithful tithers. Since I was a teenager, my parents taught me. Well, they taught me that since I was a child. Since I was a child, even with pocket money, I would be tithing. And I was like, because Lord, this part is yours. This is me trusting you with my life and saying this part is yours. And as I've stepped through life, I have seen time and time and time again how God has never, ever left us in a place of lack. He has always been our source. He has always been um, our provision and I get blown away by it and I mean like I'm talking I can tell you stuff from this week I can tell you stuff from last week like I can tell you stuff weekly where he blows my mind and I often say to Dave I don't get it he shouldn't be that interested in these things that we talk about conversations but God's so interested I can remember a number of years ago and it was just Dave working at that time and Eden needed a pair of boots and we went to buy some in the supermarket and they fell off her feet. So I went to Clark's and discovered she had like the narrowest size feet possible and the boots were going to be 50 pounds. And I went home and I was like, Dave, they're going to be 50 pounds. We haven't got 50 pounds for boots. And we were like, well, we'll just see what we can do. No joke. I went into church the next week and Sally Ann Wright came up to me and she said, Faye, she said, I want to hand you this. She said, I just felt the Lord wanted me to give this to you. And I opened up my hand and there was 50 pounds in my hands. And honestly, I was like, Lord Jesus, thank you for your provision. There's been times in the house that we are living in now, and, and that's got loads and loads of stories attached to it. But we, um, I grew up in Canada, and in Canada, everyone builds their own houses. So I can remember when Dave and I got married, I was like, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful to build your own house? And, you know, we looked for land, couldn't afford it, and bought just a normal house. But in my heart, I always thought it'd be lovely to build a house. Well, anyway, a number of years ago, and it is a miracle, we 
able to find a plot of land, which was just incredible that, um, how that worked about. We shouldn't have found the plot of land. It shouldn't have been the price that it was because really we, weren't the, we, we couldn't afford to live on the estate where this plot of land was. But anyway, as we were building this house... Time and time again, I would be blown away. I can remember when we were getting to pick radiators. And I'd seen in the brochures these really tall, really cool, trendy-looking radiators. So I went to our builder. And I was like, oh, because we had a fixed-price contract on our house, which meant we wouldn't run over budget or anything. So I said to him, Jeff, I've seen some lovely radiators that I'd love for the house. He said, oh, yeah, what do they look like? So um, I, I explained them. He just looked at me, and he said, Faye, no. I said, what? He said, they're like £300 a radiator. No, you're having just the budget. You asked me to quote you budget when I quoted for the house. I went, okay, that's no problem then, Jeff. That's fine. And it was fine. I couldn't afford them. About a week later, he called us in to um, our garage at the time. And he said, Faye, come and have a look at this. And I'm not joking. They're standing all across the walls were all of these radiators that we had been looking for, the really cool contemporary ones. They're like 300-pounder pop ones, that, and there were loads of them. And I'm like, what's this, Jeff? He said, well, I just, I don't know. He said, I was just having a little look in my yard. And I've managed to find all these radiators, and I just thought you may like to use them. I was like, <laughs> I just like can't tell you how excited I am. I just like was blown away. They didn't all match, but it actually didn't matter because we managed to get all of the radiators for the bottom floor to match, all of the radiators for the next floor to match. But I was like, I can't believe that God would be that interested in my house that He would get me the radiators that I really wanted. And then Jeff, I turned up the one day we were meant to have a normal garage door. He said, Do you know what? He said, I just thought I'd put in an electric garage door for you. I was like, Really, Jeff? Yeah, he said, I just, I don't know. I just thought I would do that. And literally with that house, I would be like, Jeff, is it okay if I go looking for floor? Yeah, of course. He said, mind you, I've got all the trade contracts. I said, well, I'll just go looking for it and I'll look for the bathrooms as well. And I would come back to him with the prices that I had for flooring. And he'd look at me and he said, Faye, how have you got this price for flooring? I said, what do you mean, Jeff? He said, well, I work in the trade. And I said, I do big projects. I can't get these prices for flooring. How are you doing it? Well, Jeff, before I ring anyone, I say, Lord Jesus, I just pray right now that you say you give us favor with God and man. So I'm just asking you right now to give me favor with man because I would really like these floors. And he literally said, I can't tell you how everything from the bathrooms to the kitchen countertops, everything I managed to get cheaper to the point that he said, after he built the house, he said, Faye, I wish you could come and work for me. He said, I'd save so much money and make so much more money. I said, well, Jeff, literally, it's just prayer. It's praying and the Lord is doing it. But I've seen how God has done miracles. And it's not because we've been able to do anything, but it's just like what we have done is said, Lord, we honor you with our tithes and we trust you to be our source and our provision. And we've seen him actually do miracles. And I would say particularly in this season, 
person, what I would say is God's kingdom economy does not work according to the economies of this world. So when you're listening to the news and where you're listening to things and everyone's saying conserve, conserve, withhold, withhold, what I'm not saying is that for you to be silly, but what I am saying is you don't live according to the kingdom of this world and the economy of this world. You live according to God's kingdom. And if he wants to get money to come to you through a, through a fish's mouth, like he did for the taxes back in Matthew, he can get money to you. So I would say this is for, for the children of God. This is not the time for us to be withholders. But the Bible says the world of the generous gets larger and larger. This is our time to shine with our generosity in our communities, with our generosity with our neighbors, with our generosity to help, knowing that God is no man's debtor. And I can stand here and say that whilst I've only given a tenth, I've only given a tenth, which is not a lot. I've got to keep the 90%. I can honestly say God has proved to do more with our finances than is ever possible. He is amazing and he blows my mind. So I wanted to share that to encourage you that he has working and he wants to do those things in our life as well. Matthew 6, 31 says this. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. That's what the power of God does in our lives. He will cause miracles to happen to enlarge our capacity. He will do miracles in the aspect of your finances as we place him first, trust him with our lives, and get to see what he does. The final thing I want to talk about is where I've seen God um, show his power through the problems of life through the problems of life because problems come, hey? But do you know what? Just because problems come, that doesn't mean that God's not there. He is there. And he actually enables us to walk and track through things. And I can remember um, when um, Eden was two weeks old. Yeah, I think she was two weeks old, three weeks old maybe, a few weeks old. No, she wasn't. She was more. She was like six weeks old. She was six weeks old. And I can remember I was just, I just made truffles ready for Christmas and we just eaten a roast dinner and we sat down and Daniel wanted to play fight with me. So he jumped on me and I fell backwards, not harsh or anything. I just fell backwards on the sofa and all of a sudden I couldn't breathe. I was like this. And we got me back up and I was fine. I was like, whoa, that's weird. And then we were playing little while later and I bent backwards and I couldn't breathe like I couldn't get air into my lungs so we rang the doctors and the doctor said come to the out of hours now so we went to out of hours my mum and dad took me down and I was talking fine with the doctor and then she said right let's just examine you and she laid me down I could not get breath into my lungs I was like I couldn't so they quickly whipped me up they said right we need to get you to hospital so we went to hospital and I was waiting in the medical assessment unit and we were there for a while and they were like 
like, right, we're going to need to just do some scans on you just to see what's going on. And they're like, do you feel okay? I'm like, yeah, I feel fine. They say, you know you have a raging temperature, don't you? I said, do I? They said, you've got a raging temperature. Your temperature's at about 42. They said, and they're like, you can't feel anything? No, I said, I feel absolutely fine. They said, okay. So anyway, and they put me in a cubicle with my mum, and I needed to do like a urine sample and stuff like that. And then I got called to go to the x-ray department. So I was being wheeled to the x-ray department. And as I'm just approaching the x-ray department, a nurse comes sprinting down the corridor. And they said... Um, you can't go in, you can't go in. And she quickly took the, um, the wheelchair from the porter and took me back into the medical assessment unit. I said, is everything okay? And they said, yeah, we just can't x-ray you. I said, well, why is that? And they said, because you're pregnant. And I said, no, you don't understand. I said, I've just had a baby. I said, she's at home, she's about six weeks old. They said, no, you're pregnant. I said, no, you don't get it. Pregnancy hormones still going through my body. They said, no, you just did a urine test and you are pregnant. I was like, oh my goodness, it's about midnight now. So I've got Daniel, who's just turned two, Eden, that's about six weeks old, and I've just been told I'm pregnant. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, right, maybe I'll ring Dave and let him know he's at home with the kids. So anyway, I ring Dave, it's about midnight. I'm like, hey, babe. He said, hey. I said, um, he said, how's it going? I said, well, they can't quite find out what's wrong with me, although I've got a raging temperature. They're going to put me on some intravenous antibiotics. I'm not going to be released from hospital. They need to monitor me. Yeah. I said, oh, guess what? Um, they told me I'm pregnant. <laughs> like, I'm there with my eyeballs, like, wide open, thinking I can't believe this myself. And um, he said, ah, oh, right. He said, oh, that makes all sense now. And I'm like, what makes sense? And he said, well, I, I was like crying out to God saying, God, what is going on? My wife can't breathe. I'm at home with two small babies. What is going on? And the Lord had given him this scripture, Psalm 139, verse 16. You saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Which was amazing because that completely made sense. But it was actually a word that we really stood on because over the coming days and weeks, they kept scanning me to try and get proof of this baby and they, they couldn't find her. They couldn't find Sienna. And so um, they kept scanning me and scanning me. And in the end, they thought maybe it was an ectopic pregnancy and it was all happening over Christmas and I couldn't be left on my own. And I just needed to be with people all the time just in case they were concerned, you know, if something ruptured or whatever. But we had the word of God to stand on that the Lord had said that he's, even though they couldn't find Sienna in my stomach, his word had said that he saw my unformed body. So we knew that we, she was there. So during that time whilst I was in hospital, it was wild because I was placed on a ward with these ladies. And they were working in all different areas of um, society. But within them, there was a lady that husband had sadly just walked out on her prior to Christmas and she was crying. She's like, I've got two children. He's walked out. I've got nothing. And I can remember ringing Dave and I'm like, God, Dave, I think there's some money. Here, here, here. Can you just go and get it? Let's just get this money to this lady to help her. And then I was listening to these other ladies talking about the plight of children in Newport. And I really was quite arrested by it. Like they talked about the fact that of children being hungry and going to school with no food in, the, um, in their belly. And I wasn't really aware of those things happening. 
But also they talked about, you know, some of the cruelty that was taking place in children's lives. And, um, you know, they talked about some parents would actually um, lock the cupboards for the kitchen and sit their children in front of them and they would eat a meal and they would watch their ch the children would have to watch um, their parents eating whilst they hadn't eaten anything. And that experience, I suppose I look back at it, and that experience really, um, really did, was the beginning of our journey as a couple to the Lord just preparing us for the work of Jesus cares. And I say that to say sometimes in our problems, we don't understand why we go through the things that we go through. But trusting God that in those situations and in those times that he actually has a way of working it together for good in that situation the time that we spent in hospital was actually the Lord doing a preparative work in us as a couple to enable us to be able to lead Jesus cares and maybe to understand more about the situations that were taking place within our community that in all honesty I was not aware of but I think that the um, in our problems how the power of God enabled us um, and he used those things to work things together for good and um, I've got other things to share but I don't have time to share those things now some illustrations but in that time and in every time that I've had um We've encountered problems in every time where we've been through challenges and we've been some, through some major challenges as a family, just like our family where we, where the Lord has, it's been quite overwhelming at times. And, but the one thing that I can say in every single situation that we've encountered, just like the Apostle Paul where I talked about last week, what I've seen is I've seen in that how the power of God enables us to walk through those times. I've seen how I've had to trust and rely and depend on him because actually my own wisdom and my own strength isn't going to lead and navigate me through the situation. I've had to see for myself and not just read about it, but see for myself the importance of choosing to be thankful in the midst of the uncertainty, in the midst of the, I don't know what's going on, in the midst of, this is all a bit overwhelming, God. I've had to, we've had to choose to rejoice and lift up the name of God. We've had to choose to say, actually, God, we're not going to focus on our problems right now, but instead, we are going to choose to place our focus and attention on you, the King of Kings, and the Lord of lords and I've seen for myself I can honestly say and I wish I had more time to tell you can honestly see how I've tracked God through my problems maybe not like the apostle Paul that we read through last week but I've seen how he's led I've seen how he's guided I've seen how he's upheld I've seen how he's protected my emotions I've seen how he's protected my mind as I've chosen to lean into him to choose not to 
worry when I want to worry, but to choose to believe that if I will keep my mind stayed on him, he will give me and keep me in perfect peace. I've seen that as I've allowed myself to just um, say, God, I can't do this. I can't work this out in my own mind and intellect. I've seen how he has guided us through those situations. And each time he's done, do you know what? We've not been depleted as a family, but it's caused us to be stronger. It's caused us to be stronger and it's caused us to be stronger in him. And it's caused us to see just the bigness of our God. And like, actually, God, you hold my you hold my life in the palm of your hands. And therefore, I completely depend and trust in you. Colossians 2, 6 says this. And now just if you have, as you have trusted Christ to save you, trust him too for each day's problems. Live in vital union with him and let your roots grow down into Christ and draw nourishment from him. That's what the power of God enables us to do when we trust him. A final scripture, and I'm going to ask James to come right now because I wanted to, us to sing this song that I sang um, um, in college because it's about the power of God. But the final scripture I want to read is 1 Peter 1. And it says this, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. I love that. You know, this walk that we're walking in faith, this walk is not a walk that is requiring our strength and power to enable us to see it through. It's actually God by his power that's keeping us on this road. It's God by his power that's enabling us to do things. So I want to encourage you today that it's the power of God that wants to work through our lives. Like I said last week, that power of God will cause us to want to do a victory dance when we realize the grandness and the magnificence of the power of God. But as I've been just recounting and remembering some of the instances of my life concerning the power of God, do you know what it's caused me to want to do? Fall on my knees in adoration. I've wanted to celebrate him, but I've also wanted to fall on my knees in adoration and say, oh God, you have been so, so good to me. You have been so good. And right now, why don't you just take some time to think about the goodness of God and the power of God that has seen you through some of life's journeys. Think about the things where you look back and think, do you know what, if it wasn't for God and his strength and his power, I don't know if I'd be here. Because his power causes us to want to fall to our knees in adoration and worship. Because he is such a good, good God. And I'm going to just attempt to sing this song. The song I sang for my audition about the power of God. Because he's here. He's real. The power of God is not something we read about. It's not something that we see somebody else have to experience in their lives. But the power of God is for each one of us 
for every single day. And he wants to enable us to do those things that we never thought was possible as we place our trust and faith in him. sing it together right now. Let's sing it together.
Lord, this morning we thank you for your power in our lives. Lord, we literally think back in our lives at what you've done, of your power that's worked in us in our weakness, of your power that's strengthened us and carried us. And Lord, today we can't help but have hearts of worship and adoration towards you as we know that you will never leave us or forsake us, as we know that you will always be more than enough for every situation that we face, that we know, Lord, that you give us your power to enable us in every situation, whether it's declaring your word, whether it's sharing the gospel, whether it's enabling us to live the holy life that pleases you, whether it's to, to do things that we never thought was possible. Lord, we thank you that it's your power living within us, residing in us that enables us to do all these things. So Lord, today we thank you that you've chosen us. We thank you that you've said that you are more than enough for us. And Lord, today we pray, Lord, that we would have our faith just encouraged to know that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. And Lord, that you want to move through our lives every day, that we are more than overcomers because you live in us. So Lord, we pray today that we would catch and understand just what you've tried to say through this whole service to us today, that your love for us It's just so overwhelming and that you'll never leave us abandoned. You'll never leave us hanging. But Lord, your power is more for every situation. You know, you could be in here today and you've never asked Jesus into your heart. Why don't you say this simple prayer with me? Because honestly, I couldn't do life without Jesus. And I would love to introduce you to the greatest superpower there ever was. Just say this. Say, Jesus... I need you. I need you to come and live in my life. I need you to become my Savior and my Lord. Forgive me of all the sins that I've done, all the wrong things. I ask you to change my life. I want you to live inside of me, to be with me each day of my life from now on. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, everyone. Dave, did you want to say anything? What a fantastic word. Amen. Amen. Do you know, as, uh, as Faye was just finishing there, I sense that some of us may have been in a season where our hearts have grown cold for various reasons but hearing what we've heard this morning we're going to sense a fresh touch of his power in our lives we really are we're going to go from this place we're going to have lunch in a minute that's going to be fantastic but we're going to go from this place we're going to arrive in situations where just like Faye said, his power is going to work within us, not in our own strength, where we're going to proclaim his word of hope, his word of life, 
his word of strength into situations where people need help and strength and life and light. You're going you're gonna to proclaim. Like, just like she said, you're going to proclaim in power through his spirit hope where there's despair. Expect it. Be ready for it because God's going to use you. He's going to use you. For, for other, others of us, may have given up hope on God being provider. But he's going to provide for you. You're going you're gonna to see the provision of God in unusual ways, whatever it may be, whether it's internal or whether it's external. It might be material need. He's a provider. And he, you're going to see his provision, the power of his provision in your life is going to bring you great joy. It really is. For others of us, those problems, well, they're always there, queuing up to meet us on a Monday morning. But you know what? There's a power at work within us. There really is. And we will see that power at work even amidst some of the greatest problems that we face in life. I honestly believe this morning that uh, as, as uh, Faye has spoken, as Jeff has spoken, those words from Ephesians, and just in the whole course of this service, I honestly believe the Holy Spirit has been healing bodies here this morning. I do. I really believe that the, the Holy Spirit has been healing, touching our mind, reviving our heart. We, there's times where we all grow a little cold, but the fire of the Holy Ghost sorts out all of those times so that we can encounter his power with new life and enabling us to go on into, an, into another day. Amen. Father, just thank you again. We truly do. For the wonderful presence of your Holy Spirit, we thank you. We're not where we were. We are where we are because of your wonderful grace and your power in our lives. And Lord, as we, we sing this last song, we just pray in Jesus' name that your love, your grace, and the endless supply of your Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit's power, would be our portion for every moment of every day. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. 